What's up? What's good? It's almost your boy and not quite JJ, but rather me, Keone Eichelt. That's right. Acting as a temporary host for now. No. Since yeah, R-A-P, JJ. JJ. R-A-P. Yep. Well, JJ, he found a treasure map and is currently in search of the presumed lost declaration of fantasy football insightfulness. So hopefully he doesn't get killed in the process. I guess Ryan hopes he does, though. No, I know. I <laughs> no. Well, RIP in a different way. That's for our rated R users. Mm. Uh, so hopefully he's, uh, he doesn't kill, get killed and he'll uh, come back with some super secret fantasy knowledge that no other podcast knows about. But in the meantime, he told us to venture forward until his return, which should be on the next podcast. But you'll have to, uh, to listen to that one to find out. Mm. And today, we do have a doozy of a show with some early sleepers, some trivia, and some fantasy fights. Hmm. And with me to discuss, as always, Ryan Wylan-Williams. What up, y'all? You know the Twitter, R-O-K-K-O, Rocco Daydreamer. And acting as our third man, and not Orson Welles, is Mr. Aaron, the intern Clanton. What's up, guys? Uh, you can check me out on Twitter at AJC underscore Daydreamers. Fantastic. And uh, you can get me at uh, Daydreamer Keone on Twitter. And this is the Fantasy Daydreamers podcast. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another edition of the Fantasy Daydreamers podcast. I am Keone Eicholtz, filling in for JJ, as you heard before. And today, we have a whole lot of fun stuff to get through. First, though, we do have a little, be- a little piece of news. So, I don't know if this is necessarily fantasy football relevant, but sort of. Officially, Demarius Thomas... Longtime Denver Broncos wide receiver who was drafted by them in the first round of the 2010 draft has officially announced his retirement. So he, after nine or 10 seasons, he's officially done. And here are just some of his stats to, uh, to show his career. Uh, he had 97 or 9,763 yards, 724 receptions and 63 total touch or 63 touchdowns. Um, he is a Super Bowl champion and holds many, many Broncos records. So I just have a quick question. Do you think he's a Hall of Famer? No. no I mean, personally, it, he had a couple of relevant years, but his most relevant stuff was with Peyton Manning, and it was at the end of that career. So yeah, he put up two or three fantasy great seasons, but I don't think it's enough to get him in the Hall of Fame. My most, the thing I will remember most is that Cam Chancer laid his ass out in the <laughs> Super Bowl. That is it. All right. So, you made Cam Chancellor Hall of Famer. I'll give you that. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think he's a like an NFL Hall of Famer, but probably a Broncos Hall of Famer because um, he like because of all those records and stuff and and the Super Bowl with them. So moving on, we have our early sleepers. So these are these are some players who we are pretty high on as a consensus as a fantasy daydreamers. More of us like 
than others, but compared specifically to the industry at large. So we are going to start with Ryan. Who is your sleeper? Well, my early sleeper is Chris Godwin. I think people are mm-hmm. sleeping on him. Uh, according to Fancy Pros and Standard, he's uh, 17th ranked. And uh, PPR, he's 17th ranked. And half PPR, he's 15th ranked. Um, this is for ADP. Uh, I have him 11th. JJ has him 7th. And Keone has him 12th. And, well, Aaron doesn't agree. He's at 20th. But that's okay. All right. Uh, Chris Godwin. This, this Tampa Bay offense is going to be efficient. And like I said last time, we talked about Chris Godwin. His potential is higher than most people's in this wide receiver, late wide receiver one, early wide receiver two range, because this offense can score 40 points per game. Mike Evans only had four more receptions and he played four more games. Chris Godwin is a guy that can take over the middle of the field, um, very dependable hands. And again, when he was playing, that's when they hit that key stretch down at the end at the end of the season. That's when they started literally wrecking teams when he got in the field. Because remember, he started last year pretty slow because he kept getting like, these like small injuries and he kept missing these games. But when they were all in, all in sync, they were dominating together. Yeah, that's uh, any anything to add to that, Aaron, about Chris Godwin? No, I mean basically, it's, I I'm a little less on this. Bucks offense as a whole, I think they were extremely efficient last year. And while I don't expect that to drop off, I just think that uh, it's going to be a little bit more balanced out. Okay. Well, Aaron is a little bit of a hater, but that's all right. <laughs> uh, I, I, I tend to agree a little bit with Ryan uh, seeing their production from last year. It's essentially the same as it is this year, if not exactly the same it is as it is this year. And Tom Brady seems time and time again, able to defeat father time, but it's, it's coming for him eventually, maybe not this year, but soon. And I think Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, all those guys will be beneficiaries of that. And I think he is like people, a lot of other people have Mike Evans ahead of him and where we have Chris Godwin ahead of Mike Evans for the most part. And I think justifiably so. And cause we've talked about that previously. So I think, yeah. Don't don't sleep on Chris Evans or Chris Godwin. You heard it here. Or Chris Evans, you know, former Iron Man, whatnot. He's doing good stuff. So uh, <laughs> my guy, uh, my sleeper, who I think a lot of people are probably sleeping on, even though he's a little bit older, is Jared Cook. Tight end for the Los Angeles Chargers. And I have him as my tight end 15, probably... I could move him up to maybe like tight end 13 or 14, depending on how, how stuff works out. But I think this Chargers offense, as we've said countless times before, has so much potential to do incredibly well and just be a powerhouse offense. And a lot of other places I've seen have him with an ADP of like in the 150s, as high as I've seen like the like mid 200s like 20 something like 205 i think it was or 207 and it's like i have him at like uh overall like 141 um so that's like the 11th round or so late 11th whereas they're like 15th or so um i just have him going there because i think like i said that offense uh is really really high end and 
the, the chargers will be electric. I know. Boo, boo, boo me. Uh, but I think they're going to glad you did it. So we didn't have to, right. I, somebody had to, uh, so, <laughs> uh, the tight end, like I know they had tight uh, Hunter Henry last year and they, they throw to the tight end a lot. And I think last year, the tight end, they threw to the tight end, the second most on that offense. Um, and that may be because it was Hunter Henry, but I still think that offense has a place for the tight end. Whereas some offenses don't necessarily have a good place for the tight end position. They might use him mostly as like a blocking position or, or whatnot. And who knows if Jared cook is going to be that, but I don't think so given his age. But I think the biggest thing with Jared cook is that he's going to be used as the uh, guy who's underneath. He's going to be used underneath a lot. Whereas everybody else, like Keenan Allen, Michael, Mike Williams, uh, Guyton, and Palmer, they're going to be used over the top. And so I expect him to getting, be getting a lot of those body blows and get maybe some good good amount of red zone targets and touchdowns. So expect that from him. Yeah, I mean, that's where I expect uh, Cook to excel in this offense is the red zone. Uh, Hunter Henry was never really that guy. Like, he didn't, you didn't see the big touchdown totals out of him. Um, mostly because they would run the ball, and that was the Anthony Lynn way. But I think that this offense is going to adapt to more mainstream uses of tight ends, and you could see Henry with 10 to 12 touchdowns easy this year, I think, which is why I have him fairly high in my rankings too. He's in that um, that first group of streamers that I would take a chance on. If you're not going to get one of the first four or five guys, um, I think he's a perfectly fine fit as your tight end one. I agree. He's one of the streamers I like to pick up if I don't pick any tight ends. And I like the if I don't get any of the top four tight ends, I like to pick Cook up later in these mock drafts. Uh, remember that the Saints, or sorry, the Chargers offensive corner is coming from the Saints. So Jared Cook knows the offense that this guy is going to use. Um, also, Cook, six, nine, and seven touchdowns last three years. He's going to get them, like Aaron said, going to be using the red zone. Uh, I, I kind of like this uh, cook in the later rounds. So can you don't hype him up too much? Well, I keep, I'm going to keep trying to get him. <laughs> All right, Aaron, who's your guy? All right. My sleeper this early is Joe Burrow. I know he's coming back from the knee injury and that is rightfully scaring uh, quite a few of the experts and other analysts off him. But I think that he's a young enough guy that the knee injury is not something that's going to debilitate his play. Um, yeah, he's not going to rush as much, but if you look at last year's stats, he was not rushing a lot as it is like that was more of a, a college gimmick I'll say. Um, and it wasn't a part of his game that was something we expected him to come in and be, you know, not even a Lamar Jackson, but like, you know, a, a Jalen hurts or somebody on that level. Like the rushing was just an actual little benefit, uh, and not the main part of his game. Uh, if you look at last year's stats for a 16 game season, uh, he was projected for 4,300 yards and 21 touchdowns, which the yardage is good. And I think that the touchdowns was just um, a lack of just that offense as a whole. So you're missing Joe Mixon earlier in the year, not getting enough consistent work out of him. And then you add Jamar Chase to this offense. And I think that's just going to take him over the top. And so I think he's a top 10 guy. Uh, I've seen him going in the late teens in drafts. Uh, I know some of the ADPs have him. Uh, like 12 or 13, but I have a feeling that as we get closer to 
uh, the start of the regular season, we're going to see that jump a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people coming back from injuries nowadays come back kind of better than they were before. And the way doctors can do things now with just the technology they have, people come back like the bionic man, you know, the $6 million man or like cyborg from team Titans, you know, just better than they were. And it's just incredibly impressive, the technology and resources they have to make players and athletes just better than they were before. And I think that's, especially with like a younger player that can happen because their, their body is still not beaten up so much. It's just, they had that injury and he's coming back. And so I don't like, like you said, I'm not worried as much about that injury as other people are because it's completely different than in years or decades prior of how an injury affects an athlete's um, performance going, moving forward. Uh, I like this pick by Aaron. So uh, good job. Good job by us all around applause. Yay. 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 Uh, So that's, again, we have our sleepers as early sleepers as Chris Godwin, Jared cook and Joe Burrow. So moving on from that, we have our trivia. Yay, yay, yay. Trivia, trivia, trivia. So this week's trivia, I asked you in relation, because it was in relation to Ryan Tannehill um, and just quarterbacks being taken in the first round. I asked you which NFL franchise since the start of the Super Bowl era has drafted the most NFL quarterbacks. And as a bonus for the chance to get a... win a potential prize from the Daydreamer media team. You had to name two of those quarterbacks taken in the first round. So I think this one was a little bit easier than some previous ones because we, I think all got it, but just for the record's sake, what is your guys' answers? The Browns. Yes, very much. Yeah, so. it's Browns. Um, it is the Browns. They have seven total quarterbacks taken in the first round. Uh, of the NFL draft as a franchise with like four of those being since 2007. So not, I think the five that they've taken in the two thousands. Um, so one is, I think one is 99. So is that couch. Yes. Okay. So I have Tim couch, mm-hmm. Brady Quinn, mm-hmm. Brandon Whedon. Yes. Johnny Manziel mm-hmm. and Baker Mayfield. Yes. Very good. So good job, Aaron. The other two were B- Bernie Kosar in 1985, like a supple- it was a supplemental draft. And then all the way back in 1970, Mike Phipps. So those are your seven uh, Browns quarterbacks. And also in the video, I had a little bit of a hint because I was wearing a brown shirt. So in future videos, just be on the lookout for a potential hint throughout. So just, yeah, keep your eye out for those. Um, and some, I think JJ got it right on, uh, like he got both parts, right. So he got, he said the Browns and he said the, uh, two quarterbacks, which I mean, once you have the, the, the team, you're going to get the two quarterbacks pretty easily. Um, but other people I'm calling you out, Kev, Kevin, you just said the team and you didn't say the two quarterbacks in the comments. You got to do that to get a chance to win the prize, man. So be sure to answer all parts if you want to win that prize. Anyways, congratulations to JJ. You will get a fabulous Daydreamer Media prize of some kind. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll send it to you in the mail. <laughs> uh, 
So yeah, good job, our very own JJ. So that's a few weeks in a row for him. I think two weeks in a row. So we're on a we're on a hot streak. Um, moving on, we got our uh, what I what we call our fantasy football or our FF Daydreamers fantasy football fights. So this this is where we will face off each other mano a mano, ver- based off our rankings of how we ranked players based off our draft guide, which is out now, by the way, check it out on daydreammedia.com, our first installment. So basically it's going to be each of us facing off each against each other based off our uh, draft rankings. Cause somebody has, has them really high or really low or vice versa. So first we have a battle surrounding Carson Wentz and it's me versus Ryan round one fight. So, Thank you, producer Ian. Shout out to producer Ian, by the way, doing a great job. So I have him as my QB 10, whereas Ryan, I believe, has him as QB 26. So I just, why do you have him so low, Ryan? Hmm. Well, I'm glad you asked. It's because he's not an ego anymore. Damn. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Here's the thing, right? I actually had some good points about this. So... When I was looking at the stats, everyone out there, first thing first, Frank Wright, a little overrated. Wow. All right. Everyone cues calling this guy like he like fixed his quarterbacks. Philip Rivers stats went down last year. Everything except for interceptions also went down. Right. Andrew Luck. He's old. Well, yeah, true. But Andrew Luck stats were very similar. Except the year the year before, he was playing with a torn labrum and only missed a game, and only threw for three hundred more yards. I mean, the touchdowns were like the big thing because Andrew looked through for thirty nine touchdowns, and he threw for thirty one with the torn labrum. But come on, it's not. It's like it. It's a little overhyped how much credit he gets. So, uh, and I'm not gonna say anything about you. Jacoby Brissett because he got hurt midway through the season. But if you look at compare Wentz to Big Phil, Big Phil is way better than Wentz was, right? Uh, Big Phil, 2018 to 2020, averaging 4,364 4, yards, 27 touchdowns of 14 interceptions. Finished the season three times. Carson Wentz, averaging 3,000 yards, two, 3, yards, 244 um, 21, 21 touchdowns and 10 interceptions and only finished the season one time. That is horrible. Maybe, maybe cause he was on the Eagles. Well, Keone, you must also agree that the weapons are not that good because on the Eagles, no, on the Colts, because you have Pittman ranked 60th Ty, T Y Hilton ranked 41st. Didn't even rank Paris Campbell. Jack Doyle, you had 35th. Uh, Moe Cox, you had 27th. Name another guy who finished in the top ten who who none of his weapons finished in the top forty. I mean that is horrible. Also, the Colts run the ball way more than the Eagles. Last three years, they're eleventh in attempts. The Eagles are seventeenth, and in red zone attempts, Colts are eleventh, and Philly is thirty fifth in red zone attempts rushing. The fact is, they run the ball more. Frank Wright is a little overrated. They don't, ha- they don't like over succeed in the offense. You don't believe in the weapons. I believe them a little bit more than you do, but 
but you don't believe in them. There's no way he could be ranked 10th. Now, 26 might be a little too low. That might be a little hate in my heart. But he does. Last year, the only reason why he was a truly a viable quarterback and he finished, I think, 20th and overall is because he had five rushing touchdowns. All the years before, I think they combined to five rushing touchdowns. Okay. I mean, I I, like, I get it. I, I understand. Uh, I still think when I'm. One of my points, I still think his weapons with the Colts are better than the weapons he had with Philadelphia. That's not what the rankings say. Well, they're early rankings, so they can always change. So I I like the fact that he's back with Frank Reich. And so I everybody knows how important having the right coach is if you've you know you've seen or heard anything we've discussed in relation to Adam Gase and how just a bad coach can have bad impacts on his players, whereas a really good coach can have fantastic impacts on his players in the other way. So I think Frank Reich is that for Carson Wentz, seeing as he had like his season, like where he had 33 touchdowns with was with Frank Reich in 2017. And I think the, the in 2021, the law offices of Reich and Wentz are coming to Indianapolis and they're bringing their own brand of hard nosed fast paced justice to the NFL this season. So expect that. And I think I have Carson Wentz getting more touchdowns than he did. So I have him getting 34 touchdowns and around 4,200 passing yards, which would be both career highs for Carson Wentz. And he's only 28, so he's still pretty young in terms of a quarterback. And the Colts have added to their already stacked defense. And I know you asked me this question last week, and I didn't have an answer, but I do now. Um, Their first two picks in the draft were, and I'm probably going to pronounce these names wrong, so I apologize if this is who I'm referring to and I pronounce your name wrong. Please respond to us. Would love to hear from you. So Quiddy Pay in the first round, defensive end, and Dayo Odeyobingo or De Odeyingbo, that I think, uh, in the second round, also a defensive end. So that's one of the big things that they needed to fix on in terms of their defense was that pass rush. And I know that's talking about the defense and how does that have any relation to do with the offense? Well, wouldn't you know? If you have a better pass rush and get more sacks on the other team, they're on the field less, meaning your offense can be on the, t- on the field more, thus allowing for more points to your offensive players, such as Carson Wentz, the quarterback. So, and I mean, they, they also needed a tackle, help and tackle, and they got a tight end and an offensive tackle during the draft. So who knows if they're going to use that tight end for blocking i mean they have they seem to have all the tight ends in the world on that team so probably and the tackle was drafted late in the late in the draft so who knows if he even makes the team but still they addressed issues that will help the offense be better even if it's on defense so another thing is compared comparing sort of defensive stats the Indianapolis Colts last season 
allowed 1.1.2 sacks per game. And that was with Philip Rivers as the quarterback. And do you want to know who had the most allowed sacks per game last year as a team? Yes, with 4.1 per game. Yeah, the Eagles. Which I was know. the most by like one point, by one sack total. Like the next team only had 3.1 sacks per game. Well, yeah. So. But I'll give you this, though. You want to know how many, how many of Carson Wentz's interceptions were in a clean pocket? 10 of his 15. So 10 times this guy was actually perfectly clean and he was throwing picks. Only five of his interceptions were in pressure and he holds the ball too long. And I understand that the Colts have a great offense, but remember their left tackle retired. Their left tackle right now sucks. And Eric Fisher, who they signed is coming off of a torn Achilles that he tore in the AFC championship game. That's not the same offensive line has been over the last few years. I understand the left guard is a great left guard, but PFF, remember the phrase, you need your offensive line to be average. If it's not average, you will fall off. Carson Wentz's biggest fault was that he wanted to become a playmaker. He doesn't check down to his running backs like Big Phil. And he had, again, 10 interceptions in clean pockets. Fair enough. But I just think he's going to get hit less. And even if he didn't do it well with the Eagles, I think he will check down to his running backs in that offense. And I think he's going to do he, everything is better for him in Philadelphia, in uh, Indianapolis, as opposed to Philadelphia. So that's why I think he's so high. So in order to determine the winner, we have the other of the triad. Aaron. All right. So while my ranking leans a little more towards Ryan, um, and I agree with, points that both of you have made. I believe that Carson Wentz will finish closer to quarterback 10 than he will quarterback 26. Ryan, you made more convincing points, but I think that uh, the upside Carson Wentz. Wait. Okay. That's how we're judging it. And that's how we judge it. I thought, I thought it was debate about the argument. That's my bad. Finish him. Ryan, you're trash. The Eagles are trash. Carson Wentz is going to do great this season. Fatality. <laughs> All right, moving on. We have in the battle over Josh Jacobs, we have Ryan versus Aaron. Round one, fight. All right, so I'm going to kick it off here. Um, I have Josh Jacobs as my 10th running back. Uh, last year, he finished as running back eight on the season. Uh, his rookie year, he finished as running back 18. And I think that not that he's going to you know, get better uh, in 2021 and go up from that. But I think that his consistency is what's going to carry him. Last year, he finished as a running back 24, 10 times or better. And he only had three bust weeks, which are running back finishes outside of the top 36. So he's not necessarily going to be the flashy, super high scoring guy. He's not going to be your upside play, but he's going to get enough run in that offense to where he's going to consistently finish as a top 15 guy. And I believe that that's worth uh, a second round pick in fantasy drafts. Um, well, for me, it's just Kenny Drake position. Uh, reason why I have him low, I have him at 19. Uh, money talks. Kenyon now Raiders have two running backs in the top 20 of contracts, which is kind of wild. Um, they also traded away their best offensive lineman, and they're kind of starting off over from there. Uh, Kenyon Drake also had a better yards per carry 
um, than Josh Jacobs. Uh, they are both in the top four of red zone uh, rushes. And I think, well, Jacobs is number one, I think. I think he's at 64 or something like that. But Kenyon Drake was at 56, if I remember correctly. And then um, for me, it's all about the passing work. Is before Josh Jacobs was sharing the backfield with Jalen Richard. Kenyon Drake is better than is better than Jalen Richard. If I'm saying that dude's name right, James Colvin, hit me up. Let me know if I'm saying his name right. Um, Kenyon Drake is a good pass catcher. They're both actually kind of similar because they both don't like Chase Edmonds was the lead pass catcher in the backfield. So that's the biggest thing for me. Is it's kind of a lot of unknowns. You lost your offensive lineman. I mean. The center was one of the best centers in the league. Uh, the right tackle, he was all right, but he went back to the Patriots. So he's about to be the best right tackle because that's what happens every time someone goes back to the Patriots. Um, and Gabe Jackson, the I think he's left right guard. He went to Seattle to make press happy. Uh, and John Gruden is a wild person. Okay, so just to reaffirm, that's all I got. In the notes, it has Ryan with him at uh, at nineteen, and then Aaron, it has you at, like at ten. Okay. So, or that's, that's their position in terms of running backs. So, hmm, I think I'm going to go with Ryan on this one. Sorry, Aaron, but I think I'm going to go with Ryan on this one because he's not the sole back there. And Kenyon Drake does do a lot of, uh, does catch the ball. Like he can have that ability and line, like an O-line is really, really important. Um, for an offense, specifically the running back. So I think with that information and their O-line being as Ryan described, I think he does have to fall a little bit. And I feel he is in line with uh, Ryan's figures a little bit more. So Ryan wins. Finish him. It's okay, buddy. Fatality. It, that's, when you, that's when you accidentally hit like the square button. And I was trying to think of something to say that was mean, but I didn't have anything good. So I just hit the square button too fast. I was like, ah, I just kicked him instead of, yeah. So it's okay. For the finishing move and accidentally slapped him. Which is, you know, even worse. The Nate Nate Diaz slap. (laughs) Moving on, uh, we have in the battle for C.D. Lamb, wide receiver from Dallas. It's me versus Aaron. Round one. Okay, do you want to go first, Aaron? Yes, because my uh, point is going to be very quick. Last year, C.D. Lamb finished as wide receiver 20 while only having three and a half games with Dak Prescott as his quarterback. I rest my case. Okay. I pick Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, This, I'm going for a weird route here. I'm not necessarily going for the win. I'm going for a compromise. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. So, all right. I think, I think 30 might be, after reevaluating it and looking back at my Dak Prescott notes, might be a little high or low. So, I think if we, but I think 14 is a little bit too high uh, because that's just really really close to uh, Amari Cooper who I think is the wide receiver one on that team and I think uh, CD Lamb will get over a thousand yards 
So somewhere in between like a thousand and eleven hundred yards, with eleven hundred maybe being his his peak, uh, which puts him, I would say, around for me, like as, as well as other things, mid twenties wide receiver. So that's that's my compromise. I come down like six or seven slots to mid twenties wide receiver, and that's where you end up as well. See, so far in my rankings, I have Amari Cooper as wide receiver 10. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're a little close. I'm probably just higher on the Dallas wide receivers because I think that Dak Prescott is going to just light it up. I do as well. I think that offense is going to be a juggernaut because I don't think that defense is going to improve all that much. And I just think that it's going to be the two of them and Zeke just running the show. And there's not going to be much else after that. So that is why I have him up at 14. I do agree. I'm probably a little higher than I should be on both of those guys, but I can, uh, I understand your concession. I will no, no, wait, 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 not a concession it's a compromise. <laughs> I heard, I heard concession. So well, I'm just going to take it. Mm. Ryan. Well, that was the worst fight I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> I was like two people who knew they really didn't want to fight. And then they gave up real early. Um, I'm going to have to pick Aaron because he actually made a point and didn't quit. So finish him. Uh, your argument is trash. Fatality. Disappointed. I'm sorry to the fans out there. I I appreciate you backing me up, but sometimes you just, you can't win them all. Did you win or did you lose? End the story. And so moving on, we have in the battle of Robert Tanyan, the tight end for the green Bay Packers. It's me versus Ryan again. Round two, fight. Now your turn. I went first last time. Okay. So I have him at tight end eight, and you have him at tight end 20. So I think he's going to get maybe not 11 like he did last year, but I still think he's going to get a lot of touchdowns. And at least eight. And in terms of tight ends, that really, really speaks volumes because tight ends who get touchdowns, just they raise like they should be high in your list because that's where tight ends get their points because they're not going to go for a whole ton of yards unless they're, you know, the top three. But that's not what we're talking about right now. I think he is a top 10 tight end, especially if Aaron Rodgers and the Packers play the way they do they did last year. And I I don't necessarily think they will play to the same veracity that they did. Cause I don't think there's going to be angry Raj playing as much this year because of his whole Zen summer he's having, but I still think they're going to be a pass happy offense and he's going to get a lot of touchdowns. So that's where he's going to get a lot of points, much, much more worthy than tight end 20. The fact is that he's 27. Last year, he was 27th in targets in tight by the tight end position. Uh, and then he was an, out of the top 15 in yards for the position. Uh, you're right. If he gets eight touchdowns, he might sneak in there. Uh, but the fact is, I don't think it's going to happen because I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to play as well as he did last year. The first, the two years previous number, he only had 25 touchdowns. And last year, he had 40. Again, I think he's going to go closer to the. 30 to 25. Um, I like their wide receiver options more. Adams, of course, is going to get a lot of touchdowns. Um, if Funchies can come back and do anything, he's going to be a red zone threat, which is I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but he is a red zone threat as he was in Carolina. Um, 
thing for me is I think Tanya got really lucky. A lot of his, a lot of his catches were wide open. Again, he did catch a lot of his receptor targets. I think he only dropped like four or he only had like four or five that were incomplete. Let me check that real quick. Yeah. Sorry. He, he caught 52 of his 59 targets, which is really, really crazy. efficiency if you think about it, um, I like, I don't really love his role. I just think he's going to be as the guy who's the third or fourth option on a team that runs the ball a lot. I think uh, AJ Dillon comes in, runs the ball more. And if Aaron Rodgers gets traded, Robert Tunyon will be nothing because Jordan Love will focus on one person just like Aaron Rodgers did, but it will be a worse team. Well then, Aaron. All right. So I agree with both points you guys have made. Um, I obviously don't think he's going to finish as high as he did last year uh, with his tight end three ranking. But I do lean towards Keone's side because I don't think his role in the offense has changed that much. And I think that he's still going to be that red zone threat. And even if Rodgers throws 10 fewer touchdowns, then that just probably means we're not going to see Devontae Adams catch, what was it, 18? So I think that his role is going to stay similar and that he'll be extremely efficient and productive, uh, even if it's at a slightly less scale. And plus, the tight end position as a whole is just not great. Uh, so I think that that will affect his ranking more than uh, how well he plays. It may just be how poorly everybody else plays. So I am with Keone on this one. Finish him. You also have Hunter Henry at tight end 10, which is just garbage. So th- your, your, your whole tight end ranking system is flawed and you're a flawed and you should be ashamed. Fatality. I'm just kidding. I love you, buddy. No, it's okay. I mean, I know. I just go by the Bill Bell check hugs. <laughs> Did you see him hug Hunter Henry? Hunter Henry's going to get receptions. He's going to get touchdowns. Damn, I should have. I should have been paying attention to those. This that stat. That's why Ryan. Ah, that's, I'm just sorry, bro. I have not. I didn't see Bill Bell check hug Tom Brady like that. That's a goat. So that's that's some good analysis right there. That's why you listen to the to the Fantasy Daydreamers podcast for that type of insight. And so, okay, moving on to our last fight of the, of the podcast, we have in the battle of Deontay Johnson, wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers, we have again, Ryan versus Aaron. Round two, fight. Oh, okay. Uh, the fact is that that's a horrible ranking. I'm sorry, that's really low. Um, Deontay Johnson led, was, led his team in targets, was second in receptions, second in touch or tie for well, sorry, two people were tied for first, but he was t- he was second in touchdowns. He did league league drops. That is his biggest fault. But if you look at the rest of that list, it's like it's like DK Metcalf, Tyreek Hill, Stefan or Stefan Diggs are all in the top six. If you get a lot of targets, you're gonna drop a lot of passes. He's not gonna drop 14 again next year. All right. Big Ben, last three years healthy, he hasn't Take out the year he wasn't healthy. He didn't finish. When he 16, 16 games, he has thrown over 560 attempts. There are going to be a pass passing offense. The offensive line was bad last year. It's going to be bad this year. They are going to be quick throws. Josh Johnson is emerging, emer, emerging, emerging wide receiver. And for you to have him 45th is absolutely crazy. I mean, the fact that you have two Cowboys receivers in your top, what was it, top 15, you're telling me that you can't have 
the best Pittsburgh receiver in the top 25. Is he the best Pittsburgh wide receiver? Are we sure about that? Yeah. Yeah, we are sure. That's why Juju has to move to the slot because Juju can't go up and outside. Claypool, we talked about that a few podcasts ago. If you look at the rest of the season after those first five weeks, he was absolutely trash. All right. So I don't think that Deontay Johnson is the best wide receiver on this team. I don't believe that they are going to be a pass-heavy team because otherwise you would not select Najee Harris with your first pick. And I think that Big Ben is getting close to that point where we're asking the Peyton Manning question of why is he on the field? He looks awful. He, his average depth of target every year for his wide receivers is going down. We're seeing numbers that are six and a half, seven yards for guys that are supposed to be deep threats. And he's just not getting the ball down the field. Um, Johnson finished last year. He had five weeks outside of his top 50 and he had seven weeks as a top 15. So he is truly a hit or miss. And yes, those weeks when he goes off and is a top 10 guy, you're going to love it. But I'm looking for guys that are going to see more consistent targets and play more consistently. And I just don't think he's at that point yet. And with big Ben, I don't think he's going to be at that point for a while. So I'm down on the Steelers team just in general. And I think that Najee Harris is going to be a big reason why they take a step back in the passing game. My question is how many of those games he's outside top 50 did he not finish? Cause there was three games where he didn't play more than 29 snaps where he got uh, hurt and, and didn't finish three of those games. So if that, if that's the big thing, then, I mean, if you want to say he's injury prone and he gets nicked up then he gets nicked up, but in the games he finished, I mean, he's pretty good looking it up right now. Um, so far, it looks like he had two of those five games. He did not finish the other two. He, or the other three, he played 87%, 77% and 86%. And most of our two of those weeks were just, he had less than a point when he played uh, that high uh, snap total. So yes, some of it is injury, but I think some of it is just, if you have a team like this, where there's multiple guys that can be the guy, you're not going to get the ball to everybody every week and have them be consistent. So you're going to have weeks where they disappear, where it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a Claypool and uh, Smith Schuster week. It's going to be a Johnson and Claypool week. Like I'm looking for guys, especially if I'm taking somebody this late, I'm looking for somebody that has a clear floor. And this guy doesn't have a clear floor that makes me want to risk a fourth or fifth round pick for him to be my second wide receiver. I'm taking. Okay. Well, this is interesting because I think I have like my rankings are a bit closer to Ryan, but I think I like Aaron's argument better and his points better. So regardless of rankings and I mean, yeah, I I think I have to give this one to Aaron. Finish him. It's not your fault, bud. It's all good. Fatality. Aaron, just the soft, the soft letdown. Yeah. It's easier (laughs) that way. Um, so yeah, that, that was, that was, that was fun. That was interesting. Uh, I, I kind of like those. Uh, we might do those more moving forward. We'll see. Let us know what you think. Did you like these? Did you not like these? What did you think about them? What are some players like based off our draft guide that you think we should discuss in this format or not? Again, you can check that out on the website exclusively at daydreamermedia.com. But uh, that is all for those uh, fantasy fights. And I think that's all for this episode of the Fantasy Daydreamers podcast. Uh, we appreciate you sticking around to the end. Do 
we have any uh, personal plugs or anything of the like before I go through all the other announcements? Check out my articles uh, every Friday on the website, Daydreamer Media, and be on the lookout for potentially an increase in articles and also check out the draft guide. It's really cool. Good, good, good. Ryan? If you want to find the draft guide link, it is on Instagram at day underscore dreamer. Daydreamer. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Day underscore <laughs> dreamer media. Every single yes, week. But oh my God. Yes, when he is, I was confident <laughs> about it. And then I started reading it and I got scared. I could have done it. I actually memorized it myself. I could have done it, but I got scared. And then I was like, oh, you know what? Let me just read off the thing and then I write it off wrong. So great. Well, stick tuned for future episodes where we'll see if Ryan finally gets it right. The answer is no. Um, <laughs> so, but yes. So amongst those, we have a ton of announcements. So many announcements because it's our 4th of July, like post 4th of July announcement spectacular. Uh, uh, first off, uh, we have starting next month. So August 3rd, I think will be the first of these. We will be going to once a week for our podcasts. So check out Beach on the lookout for a Fantasy Daydreamers podcast every week in August. And then once the se- Tuesdays, by the way, uh, and once we start the season, we will be going to twice a week. So that will be coming out on Tuesdays, which is a recap and Thursdays, which is the prep for the upcoming fan- uh, football like week. So check out those. And this is the same as last year during the season, although it might be a little bit of different uh, format of who's on the podcast. So stay tuned for that. That'll be exciting. And check out our website, daydreamermedia.com, as we've said, where it's just the only place, the exclusive location of the 2021 Fantasy Daydreamers Draft Guide. Our first installment is up now with future installments having more segments and updated rankings, figures, stuff like that. So stay tuned because that'll be coming out um, the first of each month. So at the first of August and then the first of September. So you should have an official fully completed draft guide before you do your draft so you can blow away the competition with the insight and analysis from us, the Fantasy Daydreamers. And we have a brand new YouTube page that you can watch and subscribe to and all that sort of stuff. Our first video up there will be our ad that we made for the draft guide. So that was fun to make and we're excited for you to see that. Uh, it is Daydreamer Media. That is the YouTube page. And you can get the link via the website if it's a little bit difficult to find on YouTube. That's fine. But as we go forward, we'll be having hopefully more videos just in general and hopefully from the podcast as we go along. We also have a Twitch, which is live streaming our podcasts. So if you want to watch us like live while we do the podcast, you can watch us on Twitch at Daydreamer Media. And plus we'll have other things on there if we do some fun stuff. So look for podcast episodes and other things on there as well. Like Ryan tried to say, our Instagram is day underscore Dreamer Media. Check out stuff on there. We post things constantly every week. You know, our trivia, our uh, mock draft stuff or fantasy player statistics, stuff like that. Fun stuff. So let us know, comment. We have our Twitter. 
for this podcast, it's FF Daydreamers. So, you know, fun stuff in there as well, updated news and everything and the like for, for us. And we also have a Patreon. So if you want to support us so we can do things more and have more content, better content, we would greatly appreciate you going to our Patreon and supporting us. And we would love you if you do, and you would get better stuff in return. So we appreciate it regardless of if you do or not. So I think that's everything that we have. Our links for a lot of these things are on our website. So in case you don't know where anything is or forget, just check the website. It's all up there, or at least most of it is up there. And we appreciate you sticking around, supporting us. And we love you. Stay safe and stay dreaming. Stay dreaming.